Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by the Carnivore Bar, an ancestrally inspired meal replacement bar. It has simple ingredients, beef, tallow, and salt. It's shelf-stable, it's portable and convenient, it's great for hikes, long business trips, traveling, or just an easy, ready-to-eat option to have in your pantry. It's the perfect combination of crunchy and creamy texture. Go to carnivorebar.com and use code CARNWARECAST to save. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to the CARNWARECAST. This is going to be a... Q&A episode, a solo episode, where I answer some of your top questions from Instagram and messages I've received in DMs and other places. Um, First, I want to start by just thanking everyone so much for listening and supporting the show. It has been an absolutely wild and crazy four years. I can't believe it. Um, Doing over 200 episodes, millions of downloads at this point. And it's all thanks to you. Thanks to the listeners. Um, and the awesome guests who are, who are willing to come on and share their stories. So thank you. I appreciate you. And the show wouldn't exist without you. Now, getting into some questions. So a um, couple of personal questions here to get started. What would you do differently if you were starting Carnivore over again? So uh, this is an interesting question. When I started Carnivore, it was 2016. So talked about this before, but a lot of the resources that exist today, um, podcasts, books, uh, YouTube, didn't really exist for carnivore. There was the Zeroing In on Health Facebook group um, with folks like Kelly Hogan and Charles Washington, um, where you could search and find questions and ask questions, but um, not as many different types of media and resources as there are today. Um, So I would start with um, some books. Um, personally, because that's kind of um, long to- long form, coherent, cohesive content um, that I enjoy. I would probably read Paul Saladino's book, Sean Baker's book, um, and uh, Ted Naiman's um, book, um, The PE Diet. And I think those are awesome resources and kind of timeless. Um, and then I would no, the big thing I would do differently is I would only change one thing every two weeks. I would only give myself an allowance of one thing I can change every two weeks. Um, so it's very tempting when you start a carnivore diet to jump in and then try high fat, low fat, eliminating foods, adding foods, organs, you know, different fat sources. Um, I would just try to stick to things for two weeks at a time. So I could really figure out it would feel like it would take longer, but in the long term, I think you'd figure out more quickly um, what really works well for you. And so that's something I'd encourage folks starting, or if you're struggling now with your diet, try giving each change um, two weeks um, at least to see how you feel and how it affects you. Um, I would also keep diligent notes on what I did and what changed. Um what do you eat now and what will your diet be like long-term? This is an interesting question. So I've talked about before how for me, I have reintroduced um, a lot of different foods and carbohydrates in particular 
Um, it fits more with my goals. I'm, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm trying to gain weight. Um, I still have a base of animal protein. I still encourage people to eat carnivore. I still think it's a fantastic baseline diet. Um, and so I think for now that's working for me. Um, and I'm able to tolerate a lot of those foods a lot better than I was before carnivore. So I think that helped me in a lot of ways. And I also have a much better awareness of food and a better relationship with food. Um, but I think longer term, so, so now I eat a lot more carbs, mostly, um, minimally processed single ingredient carbs, um, like white rice, um, and fruit. Um, and then I think longer term, my diet will probably be a mix between paleo, carnivore and keto. And I'll probably cycle between those depending on how I feel, depending on the seasons and depending on my goals. Um, but for now it's, it's, you know, bodybuilding, but five years from now, I think I'll probably settle into something that, um, I feel like is more health focused and longevity focused. Um, whereas my diet now is, is I feel like I'm making some sacrifices on those fronts in order to gain muscle more quickly. You don't need carbohydrates to gain muscle. Um, but when you're trying to really push and gain a lot of muscle, um, I think carbs are the fastest way to do it. Um, favorite podcast guests in recent history. Wow. This is tricky. Um, I'm going to pull up my recent episodes. Um, every podcast is unique and provides something interesting and different. Um, I just say on a personal note, talking to James Lehman was really, uh, meaningful, impactful, and, um, you know, someone I haven't, I've conversed with online, but hadn't connected with personally. And his story is so inspiring. It moved me to tears. <laughs> And, um, he's a great friend. Um, so that'd be my favorite in recent history, but, uh, I don't have any guests I disliked. <laughs> so, um, very fortunate there. Recent great fiction and nonfiction book you've read. Okay. So this is a bit of a different, um, so I'm going through the audiobook of discipline is destiny by Ryan holiday. Um, I've enjoyed all his books. I actually don't like him narrating his own books, funny enough. Um, something about his voice. Uh, but uh, he's an excellent, excellent writer. Um, and I've taken something away from um, every book. Ego is the Enemy was fantastic. Um, the Obstacle is the Way. So yeah, I'd recommend those to anyone. Uh, the Daily Stoic Journal is awesome. Um, and The Daily Stoic. So yeah, those are those are big staples. I'm, I'm really into stoicism and um, whatever I'm going through in life, different phases, different priorities, uh, stoicism has always helped me. And then fiction, um, I'm really into Joe Abercrombie. Um, he has written kind of fantasy-esque books for adults. Um, and so I've read like nine of his books. And I'm currently on The Wisdom of Crowds. So um, if you're into that um, kind of stuff, definitely check him out. Um, how did you do carnivore on vacation? So carnivore on vacation, um, I think is fairly simple and easy. Uh, kind of depends on your situation and where you're going. Um, but obviously if you're in staying in an Airbnb or staying with uh, friends, it can be much easier to cook your own food, in which case I just go to a grocery store and get the best thing you can. Um, try to plan ahead. Um, this applies to all situations, but, you know, map out where grocery stores are, where you might be eating out, 
um, and try to plan for those events and see what you're going to eat or if you need to eat beforehand, after, or bring something. Um, that's another thing I'd say is, you know, you can always eat eat ahead of events or eat outside the scheduled meal times. Um, try to, um, I'd say if there's one place you can be flexible on vacation, it's like when you eat. Um, and that can make it a lot easier to uh, make what you eat higher quality. Um, you know, normally it's good to keep consistent meal times, but when you're on vacation and there are more variables in the mix, if you're traveling, um, having flexibility on the when can really help you. Um, and then if you don't have a place to cook or things like that, um, yeah, just try to bake it into your schedule, plan ahead of, of getting a chance to go somewhere and get food, um, or, or have food made, um, or bring, um, you know, beef snacks, um, carnivore crisps. There are lots of great options now. Um, carnivore bar, those are all awesome things you can bring and you can take those on the plane with you. You can, uh, take them through, um, in your carry on bag. You don't even have to check a bag for those things. Um, another thing you can do if you really want to make sure you're eating your own food is you can cook ahead of time and freeze stuff and take it with you and then eat it um, later once it's defrosted. Stuff stays frozen for a really long time um, in Tupperwares. This episode is brought to you by Bioptimizers and their amazing magnesium breakthrough formula for stress relief and better sleep on a carnivore diet. Try it yourself at www.magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash carnivorecasts and use code CARNWAR10 to save and help support the show. For August, they've prepared a special offer for our listeners. You'll be able to buy magnesium and get free bottles of the full line of digestive health products, including Masszymes, patented probiotics, and more. Check them out at magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash carnivorecast, and remember to use CARNWAR10. Thank you. Sheet meals on carnivore. So, um, I get where this question is coming from um, because people want people want flexibility. Um, I think if you're asking if you should have cheat meals on carnivore, you're probably thinking about it the wrong way. Um, carnivore is not meant to be about restriction, um, and then seeing how long you can restrict yourself until your next cheat. And if you find yourself slipping or find yourself cheating on carnivore, I'd say uh, make it easier not harder. So um, make your carnivore diet something you can more easily adhere to. If that means, you know, including some cheese or bacon or spices or um, even having like a piece of dark chocolate or something, if that makes it more likely that you will feel satisfied and not need to cheat, that is probably what's optimal. Um, and so I'd say just try to think about it as a lifestyle and think about what are the smallest changes you can make today to get a little bit closer? You don't have to go from zero to a hundred. Um, you know, it's not black or white. If you're eating, um, you know, a paleo diet or a keto diet or a standard American diet now, how can you get a little bit closer to carnivore without going all the way? So adding more meat to your meals, removing a little bit of the other stuff. And if you do that more gradual approach, I think you'll be, if you're someone who has problems with cheating, I think that will help rather than saying, you know, just restrict as hard as you can. Don't eat cheat meals. Um, do I need to eat fruit 
on a carnivore diet. So need is an interesting word. Um, you definitely don't need to. Um, but is it beneficial or um, could be, there be detriments of not eating fruit? Um, I would say, I don't know, but it probably depends on the person, depends on your activity level, depends on your tolerance for fruit. Um, and I think, you know, if you're saying, um, because such and such an expert made an argument based on some studies and a theoretical mechanism, uh, biological mechanism, I'd say that's not a great reason to eat fruit. Um, I'd say, you know, you have tried eating fruit, you've experimented on yourself carefully and objectively, and you do better or worse with fruit. I think that's the real way to decide whether you should be eating fruit or not. Uh, but for the vast majority of people, it's no need would be fine without it. Um, I'd say um, a lot of problems that people think are because they're not eating carbs or fruit are because they're not managing their electrolytes well, they're not eating enough, they're fasting too long, um, or they're they have other lifestyle problems like they're not um, they're not sleeping enough. Who do you trust for nutrition advice outside the carnivore space? Hmm, that's a good question. So um, I'll start with folks who are like closer, more adjacent to carnivore and then go further out. So I would say um, uh, Marty Kendall and Ted Naiman are folks who are kind of like on the sidelines of the carnivore space. And I think you can't absolutely can't go wrong listening to them. They have a lot of fantastic advice ideas. They break down the science really well. Um, so those are the those are my first. That's my first response. If you wanted to go a little bit further outside of typical carnivore, I would look to folks like um, Eric Trexler, um, Jeff Nippard, and Danny Lennon from Sigma Nutrition. Um, they're folks who are more in the traditional standard American diet type of eating practice, more carbs. Um, so pretty much in a lot of ways different than carnivore, but still have um, a lot of sound advice. And, uh, you know, you definitely don't have to take everything they say um, as gospel. Um, if they're if they're against the carnivore diet in some way, that doesn't mean you should be. I just think they're really smart individuals. And they look at the science carefully and um, there are folks I listen to and, and see what they have to say. Interesting question. Um, what supplements do you take? So I'll preface this by saying the supplements I take may not be the ones you should take or need to take. <laughs> and um, I, I've found over the years that I do well with certain supplements in my diet, but that's not that doesn't mean others will necessarily. So um, I really like having a good source of magnesium. I prefer magnesium threonate um, per the recommendation of Dr. Andrew Huberman, um, who folks may have heard of in the kind of biohacking nutrition space. Um, he recommends for sleep, um, apigenin, L-theanine, and magnesium threonate. Um, which I found to be a really good combination about an hour before sleep. Um, I also take vitamin D and vitamin E. Um, and then I take um, 
from bioptimizers. Uh, I cycle through taking the capex or taking their magnesium. Or, and I'm also daily taking um, optimal carnivore, whether it's the beef brain or the um, organ complex or the liver, one of those. Um, and I've taken those for years and feel great on those. So that works really well for me. Who's a guest you'd like to have on, but haven't? Hmm. Interesting. So I've had the fortune of having many great guests and there are a lot of guests I would love to have on again. Um, I think I need to recycle through some of my like first year guests getting like, um, Amber O'Hearn and folks like that back on. Um, but folks I haven't had on yet just because of logistics and it's been hard. Um, two folks in Australia, one was in Singapore, I believe, Paul Mason and Ben Bickman. So both of them have been hard to nail down from a time zone perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty vehemently <laughs> opposed to disrupting my sleep schedule. So it's been, been hard to accommodate them. Um, sorry, sorry, Paul and Ben. And then Dave Feldman, I haven't had a chance to have on yet um, to talk about cholesterol. So definitely need to make that happen. And that's totally on me. That's my fault. Those are some guests I'd like to have on. But I'd, I'd actually love to hear from all of you. Post, post please in the comments or DM me a guest you'd like to see on the carnivore cast that I haven't had yet um, because I'm always looking for guests. Best macros for fat loss. So I think what this is getting at is like higher fat versus higher protein. Um, I've gone back and forth on this over the years. I think the short story is you need to experiment on yourself and you need to um, be objective and careful about how you experiment. You know, taking two weeks to a month to try a higher fat approach and then two weeks to a month to try a higher protein approach. And for that time, I would recommend actually tracking to see, make sure you're getting the same amount of overall calories so that you can say, was it like, if you, if you switch to higher fat and you feel better just because you're eating more calories, um, that may not be as helpful as knowing like for the same amount of calories, do you feel better on fat or protein? Um, and, or do you lose weight faster? Um, also like a lot of things can happen. Shifts can happen in like the first few days. So it may appear like you're losing weight, but you're actually losing water. Um, if you just judge by what happens in the first few days. Um, so I'd say track, try two weeks to a month on a higher protein approach, two weeks to a month on a higher fat approach. Try to keep the calories about the same. Doesn't have to be exact. Doesn't have to be precise. And then get a sense for what you're doing. Um, the other reason I think tracking is good here is because folks often say, oh, I eat, I eat a high protein approach or I eat a high fat approach. And they don't actually, they haven't actually quantified that. And they might actually be not be doing what they think they're doing. Um, I've been guilty of that in the past. So tracking, not essential, but can be helpful in those situations. Um, so yeah, I would say try, try those two. Um, I'd say, you know, I wouldn't go much lower than like 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Um, and that should be very easy on a carnivore diet. Um, and then I wouldn't go much above like 
four grams of protein per pound of body weight, especially if you're losing weight, somewhere in between those two, and maybe try things that are close to the end of those extremes. Do calories matter or is tracking important? Um, so I kind of answered the tracking piece on the last one. Um, I do think calories matter. Um, energy balance matters, um, but it's not as simple as you can eat Pop-Tarts all day and protein shakes and take a multivitamin and, and be the same as eating whole foods. Um, so yeah, I think calories are important and that's why it's good to get a general sense of how much you're eating. Um, but you definitely don't need to track to lose weight long-term. Like once you figure out relatively how much fat and protein you're eating, whether you do wet all on fat, higher fat or higher protein, then you can sort of have, you're basically calorie tracking without calorie tracking, but you can have kind of a template of what you eat throughout the day. Um, you know, for breakfast, I have three quarters of a pound of meat and two eggs. For lunch, I have a pound of meat and, uh, you know, few thumb size of fat. For dinner, I have this. And then once you have that template, you know, that's basically a form of calorie tracking without having to actually put it in an app. And then you can subtract from that um, or add to it, depending on your goals. So I'm stalled on carnivore, but I can't lose weight. I get so many questions from people about weight loss stalls. And the first thing I ask is, how do you know you're stalled? So the scale is one great way to measure your weight. And I think you should use that data. But the scale can lie. Um, you could be gaining water or muscle and losing fat at the same time. So I think it's important to combine methods. Um, I think a measure of your waist with a tape measure is a great thing to do uh, once a week or so um, and try to be consistent with how you do it, what time of day you do it, et cetera, um, the day of the week. And then uh, pictures can be helpful or seeing how your clothes fit. Um, so make sure you're actually stalled. That's number one. Number two is before looking at your diet, is everything else in order? Are you managing your stress well? Are you managing your sleep well? Are you getting great sleep? Um, are you in sleep uh, in bed for a long time, but actually not sleeping that well? Do you wake up tired? Um, how's your exercise performance? Um, what type of exercise are you doing? Focus on those before the food or changing the food. Then I would say, you know, what have you been eating? Um, and before just saying, I'm going to take things away or I'm going to be more restrictive, do you have like a regular baseline that you're eating? Or is it like, I eat like this for a few days and then I go and I eat a lot of food. So sort of in a restrict and then um, overeat cycle. I'd say first, like try to examine that and look at your relationship with food and say, can I, can I make my diet more regular? Can I have general meal times, general, you know, amounts I eat and try to keep that consistent because your body thrives off consistency. When you switch things up all the time and confuse your body, 
your body thinks, oh no, are we going to be starving? And so then it goes into this retention mode where it'll cause you to overeat. It'll cause you to um, store more body fat. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of, of fasting, especially like more than 24 hours. Um, cause it can, it can trick your body in, in bad ways. Um, it can work for individuals if practice correctly, but I think it can lead to a lot of bad habits and a bad relationship with food, um, in most people. So I'd say, make sure your diet is consistent. Then I would say, okay, you're eating consistently. What are you eating? Are you including a lot of dairy, a lot of nuts, a lot of, um, carnivore processed foods like bacon, um, or are you adding a ton of fat to your meals? Maybe you can cut back on some of those things. So not necessarily cut back on the amount of food you're eating, but cut back on the amount of those kind of add-ins, I would call them. So rather than having bacon, have an extra burger patty or something like that, or an extra bit of steak. Um, rather than adding fat to every meal, Try taking the added fat out of one of your meals. Don't go from all added fat to none. You'll feel terrible if you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but make small incremental changes. And again, I would make like, in this instance, for fat loss, I'd make like one change a week. And so don't go from, oh, I'm having dairy and bacon and added fat to nothing, just strict carnivore, no add-ins. Say, I'm going to take out one of those things. See how I do for a week. Okay, you lost a pound. You don't need to change anything. Keep it like that for another week. Keep going until you stall again. You know, you have multiple weeks in a row where the scale isn't changing, your measurements aren't changing, your clothes aren't fitting better. Then you can say, okay, time to change something. You know, I'm going to take out the dairy now, or I'm going to um, take out added fat from a second meal. And then just make these slow changes because you basically want to creep up on fat loss. You want to make it feel effortless. If you're if you're doing fat loss right, your body won't even really know that you're losing weight and it will be so easy. And if you're in a place, I guess I, I probably should have started with this, but if you're in a place where that seems impossible, maybe fat loss isn't a good idea for you right now. Maybe you need to focus on maintaining or focus on non-scale victories for a couple months just to get your body out of a highly stressed state or a metabolically broken state where you're just um, so restrictive. You just need to eat up. Um, and this is where folks in the carnivore community would say, you know, just eat, eat as much beef as you need. Um, you don't have to go that far, but eat definitely until you're satisfied and focus on eating good food and having good habits, consistent diet every day. Um, and you know, you might gain five pounds or so, but that's okay. Like in order to lose weight long-term, you need to be in a healthy place where your metabolism is thriving. If you just keep trying to diet and restrict, um, you'll never get anywhere and you'll become more and more miserable and more and more hungry. So I'd say, um, do that if you have been stalling for a long time and it feels like, uh, weight loss is a huge effort. It shouldn't feel very effortful if you're doing it right. Okay, so that's um, that's all the questions I got. Hopefully you all found that helpful. Thank you again so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, let me know what else you'd like to, me to answer on future Q&As. Um, send me a message on Instagram, comments on uh, the post for this podcast, um, or email me 
Um, and yeah, really, really appreciate everyone listening and hope you all have a fantastic day. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered? Or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CarnivoreCast or go to CarnivoreCast.com. You can also email me at info at CarnivoreCast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.